So immediately following Christmas, my family and I took the chance to go back to where we came from for a few days for vacation. So we went back to California, and many of you know we moved here from California back just in June. Um, and it was wonderful to be away and to see the sunlight and feel the warmth. Um, and then we had, people are laughing. <laughs> we, we had to hurry back though because school started on January 2nd. And the, the best option for us was to take a red eye on New Year's Eve. So we bid goodbye to the decade from a very random place in the middle of the airport, LAX. Um, and then we took a, a red eye overnight. We arrived back in this area at 5.30 in the morning in the dark. Made it back to our place early around 7. I was assigned the task of walking the dog while everyone else went to sleep. And I'll tell you... It was like a twilight moment. So it was the middle of the week. It was a Wednesday. And walking out in the early morning streets of Washington, D.C., it looked like Washington, D.C. The trees looked the same. The sky looked the same. But there were no people. And the few people who were out were walking slowly, just strolling. And it was hard to believe that it was really happening. It's, is this the same city? And in some ways, it was the same city, and in some ways, it felt like it was another city entirely. It was this eye-opening moment of realizing just how rushed we usually are so much of the time. This is the experience of living here, and I think the whole region is... Um, there's such urgency and there are tasks to be done and places you need to get to. Somebody I was talking to recently was describing the way people drive and it's like everyone wants to be two cars in front of you. Um, even just this morning as I was driving in along 16th Street, um, we would, the car that was right next to me, we would both be at a stoplight and you, could, you can feel it when another car is like... <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as the light would turn green, they would gun it, and then the up ahead was red, and I would slowly catch up with him every time. I think he got where he needed to go probably no sooner than I. Um, it's a very charming um, tradition here, too. You maybe have noticed where um, if, if there's a car in the front of the line and then a car behind and then it turns green, you're supposed to honk at the car in front of you. <laughs> And I know nobody here does that. Um, actually, I will confess to you, and I, you know, just keep it among us, that attitude, it's contagious. <laughs> and yet, here we are, doing this countercultural thing, gathering in a place like this, taking time, having a little bit of quiet, taking deeper breaths than maybe we have been doing through most of the rest of the week. We get to change the rhythm up. And it's a gift to ourselves, and it's a gift to others. I was having a conversation with Will Morris, our, one of our associate priests here, who has a, a special calling in his life that he has realized. Um, his calling as a priest to help, is to help churches and specifically now our church, to bridge the gap between the working world and the world of faith. 
he is helping us learn how we as a church can be better neighbors to the people in our neighborhood. And if you think about it here, where we are located, I recently learned that we have, within steps of the church, we have 200,000 people who work. In those many offices, all that surround, 200,000 people and the people who actually live in this neighborhood, steps from this church, are 10,000. And while we gather on Sunday and we make a big to-do of it, there are people with spiritual needs Monday through Friday. And one of the words that came out of the meeting that Will and I had that I wrote down on the top of my notes was making space. We physically make a space with this gracious space that this historic room that we get to worship in that we have open to the public most all, almost every day of the week. But it's even more than the physical space making space, but changing up the rhythm and inviting people in to that rhythm. There's a writer named Wayne Muller who wrote a beautiful book about the practice of Sabbath. And these are his words. He says, all life requires a rhythm of rest. We have lost this essential rhythm. Our culture invariably supposes that Action and accomplishment are better than rest. That doing something, anything, is better than doing nothing. Because of our desire to succeed, to meet these ever-growing expectations, we do not rest. And because we do not rest, we lose our way. The Sabbath is when we, consider, we consecrate a period of time to listen. It is a time of is a way of being in time where we remember who we are, remember what we know, and taste the gifts of spirit and eternity. I will add one additional component to this, which goes together with a culture within which we live, which is hurrying and rushing and needing to get things done and get places. Another countercultural gift that we may be able to live into is the gift of patience. The gift of patience. And this morning, the saint that we hear about, Saint Simeon, um, he is a saint that embodied patience in a profound way. So let me retell the story a little bit. This, um, the reading that we heard in the gospel is the presentation. And so there was a Jewish custom, and Mary and Joseph were observant Jews. They would have followed this. And 40 days after a birth, a mother who had been in semi-seclusion for the whole time since would go and present herself at the temple. And also, they would present their firstborn and make a sacrifice, keeping the custom. And when Jesus and his parents arrived at the temple, there was a man. We don't know very much about him except that he shows up at this moment. And his name is Simeon. And Simeon has been waiting his whole life for this day. And you get the sense that he didn't know what day it was going to be, but the Spirit led him to be there at that moment. And when the family arrives, he gets to hold the baby in his arms. And he proclaims these beautiful words that are known as the Song of Simeon. In Latin, you may have heard the phrase, it's the nunc dimittis. Nunc dimittis simply means, now you are dismissing. 
And these are the words that he says, but I, I want to say them in the King James Version. This is one of those times where the King James just has a level of poetry and beauty that is hard to match. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. When I picture Simeon in my head, I, I imagine that his body was failing. He knew he would be dying soon. Um, perhaps his eyes were failing. And he talks about his eyes. His own eyes are beholding the child. But what he was seeing with more than anything were the eyes of his heart. He was led by the Spirit to that place at that time. And this day is also called Candle Mass uh, because we're reminded here in the season of Epiphany that Christ is the light for the world. And it was a tradition for years and years at churches that people would bring candles to church on this day and have those candles blessed as we all remember that Christ is the light of the world and that we are meant to bear that light to wherever we go. So as I reflect on this church in the light that we've been entrusted to bear and ways that we might find to do it in new and creative ways in the days and months and years ahead, well, I have to, another confession for you. When I got here in June and started to look around and started to see all of the opportunities that St. John's has, my head has been exploding ever since. There are so many wonderful things that we might be able to do and I have a mantra for myself, and it's just this one word, and I've been saying it to myself for a while now, which is patience. We can do many of those things. We can't do them all at once. And as a wise uh, spiritual man that I know who's an Episcopal monk, actually, he likes to say, reminds us, this church, this is not our church. This is God's church. And God's been at work through this church for many, many years. And so patience like Simeon is a good thing. But in the meantime, we can start to explore. Um, well, there, there's a word that St. John's has used for years, which is the word growth. And it's a good word. It's a word that is dear to my heart. But it's always struck me as maybe not the ideal word because I don't believe that we actually create the growth. God creates the growth. What we do is set a table for it. And so what are those things that we might do to set a table for the growth that God is going to give us? Well, the word that has come up in conversations with others, it's just bubbled up, is the word engagement. I will admit there's one problem with that word, which is that people also like to get married at St. John's, and that's not what I mean by engagement. What I mean by engagement is taking the opportunity to engage more deeply where we might. So first, we might engage one another more deeply, which is building community. People at St. John's cherish their community, their church family. It's also true that a church the size of St. John's is not just one community. We are a community of communities. And everything we do, whether it is serving in ministry or 
uh, being on the flower guild or the usher guild or serving on vestry or whatever it might be, community is being built left and right. And I'm interested in seeing what ways might we seed that community building even more. We're going to start a new thing in Lent. Uh, you may have heard about this already. We're going to have potlucks happening in neighborhoods. And you can sign up to go to one of, the, one of your fellow parishioners' homes and gather uh, weekly just during Lent. And the community building that will happen is something that I would look forward to. Well, engaging one another is one thing. Uh, another is engaging our neighbors. Engaging our neighbors for us is not just engaging those people that I spoke about who, who work nearby and who live nearby, but anybody who might be coming through and decide to come to St. John's on a Sunday, if we can show them hospitality every time, that is a holy gift that we are giving. Uh, we can engage our neighbors even more fully and what you may have noticed with St. John, sometimes it is a good thing, sometimes it's not a good thing, but this church um, ends up getting in the news a lot. How might we look to intentionally tell our story and take those opportunities to share with the world what they might find if they chose to walk through these doors? And then finally, and most importantly, is the chance to engage God also known as spiritual practices. We do many spiritual practices already, but I feel that this is a city that can use an even deeper commitment to those practices which will reclaim our time, our attention, and bring our heads and our hearts back together where they belong. So all of this is exciting to me, and it's also a comfort to remember that mantra the mantra of St. Simeon, the single word, patience. To remember that this is not our church, this is God's church, and God has been working with the people who make up this church for more than 200 years. And we have great hope if we can be like Simeon and open up the eyes of our heart to be guided by the Holy Spirit ahead. Amen.